Hello and welcome to Pixel Pals. My name is Zach, and today I'm joined by my great friend Xana Dude. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year! It's New Year, New Us, new consistent upload schedule. Let's hope. Uh, we have a guest on the podcast today. Uh, we that which we will reveal when he comes on. But what are we talking about today, Zach? Uh, today we're going to talk about accessibility in video games and how it's only going up, and about how I hate everything fun. Yeah, so we're going to talk about, obviously, accessibility in video games, but this sparked because PlayStation just released their, uh, not released, they revealed their new adaptive controller. Um, Microsoft already has an adaptive controller, and Nintendo, who Get knows? on it. <laughs> um, so we are going to be having a guest on the show right after this quick little break. And we are back with our special guest, finally able to reveal. Please welcome Jason, otherwise known as Coffee and Creatine. Which I, oh, I enjoy both of those things. All right, how, Jason, how are you doing today? Thanks for coming on. Man, I'm doing pretty well. Came off of an interview that was kind of make or break, in my opinion, for like a career. So we'll see. Yeah, that, oh, that's man. awesome. Um, love the background, by the way. This is an audio only format, but we got, some, we got the PlayStation logo. We, we got, got the, the Pac-Man. The, got... the sacred symbols. We got the Pac-Man. I see a couple Funko Pops, but I can't make them out. I don't know who they are. Uh, that is from Ken me. from Street Fighter Okay, on the left. Yep. Violent Ken on the right. Uh -huh. And a Golden Biggie Smalls. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> now, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm not too super public about it. Um, but I'm starting to come out now. Um, I'm a huge Funko Pop collector. I have about 50 right now. I just spent $135 on an Aloy from the Horizon series, and I am not too proud of that. But we can't let him live this we, down. I, and it, it is, I know. I, need I to, won't I need let to, you live that down at all. No, but I, need I, I will shame. tell you. Like, I, <laughs> that was a lot of money. That was a lot of money for a little plastic yeah. figurine. Um, like 20, 25 bucks is like. A good maximum even 30 i'd say depending mm -hmm. on the character but 135 i don't know what i was thinking i mean if it makes you feel any better uh one year for my birthday my fiance bought me the ocarina time link amiibo and it was like 70 dollars. <laughs> oh really God. dude i got that one at yeah. GameStop for like 10 bucks when it came well, out yeah when it came out and then the, uh, that's true it, that's true mm -hmm. yeah it goes up this was, up. yeah this is after the fact when everyone's like hey these things work with Breath of the Wild and they're really cool. I'm like, man, mm -hmm. I want it now. Oh, oh I have like seven Amiibos. I love them. <laughs> I own zero. I will never buy one. But that's only because I got the Switch like last year. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I missed out You're on like when game, Amiibos yeah. were hype. Yeah. All right. To the topic on hand. Jason, do you think we should make video games more accessible? Absolutely. And I think it's been kind of going at like a turtle's pace. Um mm -hmm. Mainly from the hardware portion. From the software portion, they really started doing it around, I think it was like the seventh generation of the PS2 360 era. There was like small things, mainly like if someone had a visual impairment where they needed yeah. like colorblind settings. Um, it wasn't until like Sony with the PS4 era when they're like, hey, let's just throw in basically what is essentially dev tools and call it accessibility, which that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But hardware portion, it's been like, a turtle <laughs> yeah it really has like i mean I, I see on tiktok all the time like people who like you know they're missing like 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 limbs and stuff and they have like they like got like their shoulder and they're using their chin and i'm like there's like why is it like for an actual controller i'm like there's got to be an easier way for these guys who want to play video games that to 
do it. Cause I just, I feel like my jaw would be so tired at the end of like 20 minutes. But I, now for those of you that don't know, Sony just revealed their new accessible controller. Yes, they did. Um, and that comes off of it. It's very different than the Microsoft controller, it but is. the Microsoft controller has been out for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only mm-hmm. large company that produces game accessories that has been like, here's an accessibility controller. Like yeah. I, it's, I'm surprising Absolutely. that it took Sony this long. I know me too. Why do you hey, think they, that... <laughs> Oh no, you, no, you Sorry. Go. I was going to say Sony did say they did an accessibility accessory before, and it was the back button, which was a joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That thing is uh, not the one you put on the back of the DS4. Like it is just not no, an accessibility yeah, tool. And no, like, not at all. to be honest, I was in grad school when they announced the adaptive controller and I got to use that in my AAC class to help oh, nice. set up or that's augmented alternative communication for mm-hmm. those that don't know. And I got to use that to help a student set up that wanted to play JRPGs on Steam. And I'm like, I got you. That's Let's awesome. do this. It was like, I'm glad that these things are now being brought to the forefront and in the best ways possible because they're they're usable with their switches, which are what um, people that might have physical disabilities. Uh, best example would be cerebral palsy. If they don't have functional mm-hmm. limbs, they can use their head to tap switches or whatever appendage is possible. Um, and to go back to Zach's point, or uh, yeah, Zach's point, the one that really tore me up was uh, there's a there's a FGC member who is incredibly famous named Broly Legs. Mm-hmm. He plays Street Fighter using an Xbox 360 controller, and he is the Number one ranked Chun Li in Ultra Street Fighter Four. He places pretty high in tournaments, and it's like he is everyone roots for him as the underdog. Some people go in and underestimate him, and he just like dominates. And he can only use his face to function with the controller. Uh-huh. I mean, the sheer determination that these individuals have to use to ex- like to access the games that we could just turn on in a minute is like truly astounding. That like we haven't made it easier for these people like but they're doing leaps and bounds worth of effort just to right, just play, to play the a video game. game yeah, yeah. and oh, it, for which, sure <laughs> i think that also just like kind of speaks volumes now to the medium that like we're into like like cuz i mean games are i think now starting to really be taking more seriously as a form of media as well so i think that might also be why now a lot more accessible options are coming out yeah and- i feel like up until recently it's always just been like oh you play video games what are you the loser that lives in your mom's basement yeah, like I think that there has been like it's I definitely agree with what Jason said earlier, where mm-hmm. the hardware has not caught up to the software. Correct. But I also think that there are a lot more that we could be doing with software, Agreed. Um, especially with these AAA titles. I understand that like indie developers may not have the money and resources like a Sony mm-hmm. or Microsoft would. But the fact that we are like still without certain features in certain games is pretty ridiculous. It is. Um, yeah. One, and- yes. I was going to say the number one culprit of that is probably Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Nintendo is very set in their ways. Yes. Yes, they are. Their, their most accessible game is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. <laughs> yeah. And the crazy part about Nintendo is that I read maybe like a year ago that there was a bunch of fans that made um, Nintendo games, that, but emulated with mm-hmm. accessibility settings. And it doesn't matter what it is. Nintendo will uh, uh, like issue a copyright strike if you try to make money off that. It, and the people who put in all this effort were trying to make money off it. So it's just really unfortunate yeah. um, that we have some of these bigger companies that are not recognizing this. Um, has any of you guys heard of Steven Spawn before? Do you know who that is? No. No. So Steven Spawn is the co- founder of a organization called Able Gamers. Oh, um, oh yeah, 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 I know. Yes, him. yes. He himself yes. is disabled. I know, the, I know the organization. Yes. And that organization is contracted out by companies that want to make sure that their games are accessible. 
Um, and he's talked about this. He's come on like the best he's podcast. He's been on a few podcasts and he says that there are certain dev devs that will just never hire out for accessibility or get an accessibility like auditor in because of their video game is an art piece. And, you know, in to truly uh, engage in that art piece, you need to play it like they're intending. Well, that's, and that's Jason, dumb. I want to kind of see what your thoughts are in that statement. Like, do you think that video games are art and that people shouldn't make changes or that everybody should access that art regardless if it takes away from the experience? I would like for it to be accessible out of the gate. Um, personally, for me, my I am really big into fantasy and dark fantasy. I think you guys know where this is about to go. Oh, yeah. I am an absolute mark for the Soulsborne games, which are the least accessible things on the planet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like they have such a design in the game themselves where they don't have those settings available, but like, there are people that are clearly doing it with all these crazy different controllers and ways to set it up and they're finding ways to get through it. But it's like, they're basically at battle with the companies themselves. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's, it's kind of a weird approach, but like if they take the UDL, which is the universal design for learning kind of philosophy to it, where it's like, Hey, let's make it with this template in mind and then let people branch out further and spider web out, like have the main centerpiece and then let it's like, just blown to okay this person might have these sort of needs so let's implement some visual things let's implement some auditory things let's la allow them to use these very specific style switches for like their adaptive controllers to allow them to play because like even in the fighting game community like we talked about broly legs but there's other people that have carpal tunnel and have to make custom controllers to play street fighter even though they love it there was one uh, i wish i pulled ahead the picture of it but it's like i forgot his name but he was a top street fighter 4 player um, very contentious in Street Fighter Five, but he he created like an orb <laughs> for oh, his really? hands to rest on it properly. Oh, that's cool! Like, it requires a lot of ingenuity for these people to access this. So I right. think it should like to be. You should want people to be involved with your art to cherish it and to take it in. I think. Sorry, I rambled there, but yeah, no, I, no. I think it should be accessible. That's why you're our <laughs> I mean, guest. So I like, don't have to think. My, my whole point that I was going to bring up about this was like, you know, you go to an art museum and you look at the art with your eyes and that's accessible to everybody that like, I mean, and, that and is, people that can't see the blind people, they have auditory ways to right. interact with mm -hmm. that. Experience. So like, so, I mean, I just don't get why, like, I mean, it's not even if the point of a souls game is to be hard, it can still be hard while being accessible to like, like with the like different adaptive triggers or adaptive controllers. Or even like, hey, I'm colorblind, so I want to be able to see all the reds. Like that's that's not changing the gameplay mechanics. That's just adding quality of life things for the like, you know, if you want it to be hard, it's going to be hard regardless of how you're doing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I talked about this on TikTok like two years ago when I was first starting out. And I said that I think the Souls game should have a difficulty modifier, not even just for people that are disabled. Like I am not going to spend, you know what I mean? A hundred hours practicing the final boss fight. Right. I know it's no. that's a little exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, and people um, were so against that, that I actually had someone tell me to kill myself because I said that wow. I was, yeah. so, yes, it's crazy. The souls community is the one that you do not want to trifle with. Mm -mm. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. They are there's a, a there's a lot of good people out there. But there's also a lot of like elitists. And if I had mm. to do it this way, so do you, it's not real unless you do it like that. So. And, and, but, and it's just that thing where it's like, it's art. If, if, if it is art, you should want as many people to be able to mm -hmm. access it as possible i feel like it's just it's just so crazy to me that just now too in recent years we finally have a award for most accessible games yes. at game awards um which i think is kind of silly but whatever and the the wild thing is that if you're never going to use it fine don't 
But there are mm. people, I use accessibility settings when I play Valorant because I think it's easier to see people highlighted in yellow rather right. than red. Mm -hmm. Like people are using these settings even if they're not because it makes the like the game easier for them. So I just think it's wild that we're still this, arguing this about far it. behind. Like it just, yeah. yeah like, is that the, like you said, Xander, sorry, Jason. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, if, if you don't, if you don't want, if you want the game to be ball crushingly hard, you put it on the ball crushingly hard difficulty. Like, like, and that's that you do you like, I'm really glad about that. I, I get mm -hmm. the whole philosophy of like, no, like the souls games are about, you have to overcome it no matter what and blah, 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 blah. But sometimes I just want to sit down and enjoy a good story. Like, like sometimes I'll just go and put the last of us on easy mode. Cause I just want to mm -hmm. breeze through a, a story that I really like a lot. And I want to spend 30 hours punching myself in the nuts out of rage. <laughs> There's almost something like in Ouroboros when it comes to like, the philosophy behind trying to get people to play Dark Souls and to get through it through adversity when you're having people going through adversity to yeah, try to right. be another level of adversity. Like it, I understand the philosophy that's there where it's like, hey, it wants to teach you to overcome a challenge. That's the idea. It wants you to overcome adversity and to push through, understand things are going to be difficult. These are already people that have things that are difficult in their lives. Exactly. Like, <laughs> let them use their own form of adversity towards it. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jason, what do you think a game that is like at the forefront of accessibility, at least on the software side, or what do you think a game that does accessibility really well? Uh, this is just from the perspective of setting up an adaptive controller. And honestly, anything that is a turn-based RPG just yep. naturally translates to it. Yep. So you can take your time and really think your way through it. Um, first thing that comes to mind is Octopath Traveler. Like that yep. is. I'm, I'm currently very... playing through it um, yeah, yeah. about halfway. Nice. It, it translates so well to it, and it's it's a it's a fun game. It's a long it game, is. but it's yeah. a fun one. That's one that I, I I struggle with JRPGs, but that's one that I've every time I see it, I'm like, I, one of these days I'm gonna get you. <laughs> oh, the second one comes out, you might as well start oh, with shit. that. One. I might as well. Um, all right, I I'm gonna say for my accessible game is um, grounded. Um, not mm, only do they have a ton of difficulty modifiers, you can play the game where none of the bugs hurt you or really? none of the bugs are aggressive towards you. If Tunic you just want like too. a crafting sim, um, which is very low stakes, you don't even have to worry about hunger or food if you don't want to. Nice. And then they also have an arachnophobia mode, which is really Ooh. interesting. Never seen the game before. <laughs> and because there's giant spiders in right. the game and they're terrifying. Um, so what happens is when you turn on the arachnophobia mode and you turn it all the way up, you can, do, it's a slider. It's not just on or off it all the way at the end of the slider. It's the spiders just turn into these giant blobs of like gray circles, um, <laughs> instead of the giant spiders. And the more you turn the slider back down to the regular level, the more like the, it's just like adds polygons and then <laughs> all the way down, it actually has the texture of the spider. So I that's think that's fun. my pick for a, a, an accessible game that I think. Um, and it, it's headed by Obsidian, Microsoft. So I think Microsoft specifically is kind of at the forefront yep. right now, but that's just my opinion. Zach, yep. what's your game that you think is very accessible? Um, I have two. It's more on the software side again. Um, either the, both of The Last of Us games or mm -hmm. um, the new Horizon, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Both of those have fucking bananas accessibility options to the point where it's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> like It's like you got accessibility options for how big you want the subtitles to be what color you want them to be do you want them to go fast do you want them to go slow uh colorblind stuff uh in horizon there's like you know a lot of it has to do with climbing you and so you, you have to like use your focus to highlight them you can just keep the climbing annotations on at all times so instead of hitting your focus a gajillion times when you're climbing so you can see where to go next they're just on all the time which i didn't know 
That just sounds pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would turn that on just for my, yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't even know that the first time through. So I was like mashing the button and my thumb hurt. And now I'm like, oh, this is great. Um, same thing with the last of us. They just have so many accessibility options. And even like to the point where, you know, you can have it set to, you want the AI to be hard, but you want to be able in the last of us, you want to be able to ha- have like this, the scavenging part be easy. So you have all these materials. So you're never running out of stuff, but you want there to be like a combat challenge. So you can even, adjust that with those sliders, which I think is super fun. I do that all the time when I'm playing because I like fearing for my life, but I don't like having one bullet at a time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really fun too. I um, So th- I think that those are my two big picks. Uh, Jason, I do have a question for you. How, how important do you think it is for you know, maybe younger people with disabilities or even adults with disabilities to feel like they can properly engage with a game instead of um, maybe watching like a let's play or something like how, how important do you think it is that they are able to play these games? And I'm not saying that because I don't think so. I'm just trying to think mm-hmm. what you think. Uh, it just becomes, it just comes from a point of like an empathetic response. So I guess the best example is there's colleges around my area that do, um, power chair soccer leagues where people that are typical adults that are going on that campus can participate and actually use a power chair to play soccer with the students that have to use that as their function to get around. So it's oh, like, cool. They actually get to have that empathetic response and understand what it feels like. So I think it's, I think it's crucial for getting, um, for getting like these accessibility settings to like reach a whole new level within gaming is to have people connect on that level. Um, even if it's back and forth in that sort of way, but like, I think it's, I think that's the most promising thing for me in getting to there. Also, I looked up these spiders as you're talking about on the sliders and, they look like fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they don't. That's, but that's good. It doesn't look like spiders. Right, it look like spiders. That's so great. Um, I think that there is something about the community. Um, you know, mm-hmm. having a sense of community, especially when you may feel like an ostracized part of society, mm-hmm. um, especially if you have, you know, if you have a disability. That you know, it's combating social isolation. And right. I'm mm-hmm. not pulling that from the Able Gamers Charity website. I promise. <laughs> but com- combating social I- isolation through play. Um, I think it's just like a really important resource for people. That it have. is. It Play is. as an adult is so crucial in every capacity. Like yeah. it's the, uh-huh. I think the one thing developmentally that we all neglect, at least not so much now because there are games and it's so mainstream to play games that like right. the current yeah. generation with the idea of enjoying themselves is just, they're going to develop their creativity muscles so much more. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I feel like we, as a, as a generation, cause we're all around the same age is that we grew up playing games, but the older people that we knew when we were growing up kind of did it. And mm-hmm. so now that we're at this age, we have something like a hobby that we can engage with uh-huh. makes it for a very fun time overall. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the difficulty, um, like just conversation. Cause I really am very adamant about it. I just don't understand why a lot of games don't have it because it, it breaks my heart. So I work with children um, on the autism spectrum and mm-hmm. many of them enjoy playing video games. And it breaks my heart when they come in and like, Mr. Zach, I really tried playing this game, but it's just too hard. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that sucks. Cause there's no, like, can't bump it down to easy mode. Cause it's just like, sometimes their processing is just too, it, mm-hmm. like, like it's not quick enough. So it's like, oh man, I'm having this, a hard time in this fight because I have to be quick, but just, you know, I, I know I have to hit the, the dodge button, but my brain just doesn't tell me fast enough. And it's just, it's really heartbreaking when that, when that happens. And I, I just, yeah, I feel like it's just an age old argument at this point now where it's like, should they or shouldn't they have blah, blah, blah. And if it's too hard, don't play it. And eh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that because uh, 
my initial classroom that I started with was a autism specialty classroom mm -hmm. with students that have high behavior needs. And like this behaviors would exhibit when they're like having moments of frustration through right. processing when playing games. And like, I found the best one because I had to choose something obviously like age appropriate, let alone totally. school appropriate. Totally. So I was like, okay, we can all play Mario Kart because yeah. that's easy enough to play. You can set it up where you can just drive forward and do all of that. And you can change those settings if you so choose when you're setting up your cart. And like, it was the best way that I could connect with those students and it allowed them to at least, I'm okay, like I don't go easy on them, but it allows us to be competitive in some right, capacity. Right. Like, <laughs> no, totally. And I've because had, I was just going to say, Mario Kart is. I play that one so much with my with my kids that I work with too, like because it is it's very accessible. There's, it's a, it's very easy to pick up and just go. But it is that thing too where I I think sometimes too in terms with the accessibility, we kind of forget about developmental accessibility mm -hmm. and more so just physical accessibility. And that's why I think I'm so adamant about having the difficulty sliders and the the subtitle things and the this and the that because the disabilities that I see are more on the developmental side and less on yes. the physical side as well. And I think it's great that we're getting the physical side attention, but I think we also got to be wary that we're doing both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For um, all the listeners out there, I'm going to be including an article for the show notes. that I think it's going to be very helpful to kind of understand like how far we've come. Um, this article is called the growth of accessibility in video games. Uh, and I'm just going to pull out a few points and I want to see if um, both of you guys agree with this. Yeah. Um, so this article kind of claims that indie developers actually before AAA developers were kind of the first to pioneer accessibility. Um, so they're specifically citing Celeste here. Um, yeah. Are we yeah. aware of what Celeste yes. is? Okay, it's a platformer, which is incredibly difficult and it's known for its incredible difficulty. Um, Celeste has a whole ton of options to adjust mm -hmm. the speed, to adjust what the colors are. Um, and a lot of people, you know, cite Dark Souls as a game. It's well, it's supposed to be hard. Well, Celeste is supposed to be hard too, but they wanted everybody to access that. So do we agree with that? That indie developers maybe had some of these ideas first because they I, were able to take a little bit more of a risk? I 100%, I can totally see that. And I can see why indie developers do because I mean, not AAA, they don't have as much attention. So they're going to want as many people as they can to jump on board with their game, which and I, if that's the way to do it, that's fantastic. I, I absolutely agree with Zach on that point. And it's like, I think it's more so from the lack of a corporate standpoint where they don't have to meet certain qualifications to hit whatever boxes they can sort of mm -hmm. throw in and do whatever they want to cater to that audience. Like, and I think that is why a lot of, of uh, indies, not really the ones I play. Dead Cells doesn't really have much in that regard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, was say, I love Dead Cells. I, do too. Like, I feel like Hades doesn't have a lot either. It, does, yeah. it has God mode. Oh, it does have God mode. That is true. It, which, it, it, to be mm -hmm. fair, that's not a that just saying yeah. that you can't die is not an end all be all for accessibility. They do have a few other minor ones, but I, as much as I love Hades, I would not consider Hades an incredibly no, I accessible either. game. Um, all right, I'm going to say another thing, and you have to say it, whether you knew about this or not. Okay. So the uh, International Game Developers Association, which is a international association that kind of sets standards, mm -hmm. they actually have a game accessibility special in interest group. And they have set aside a guidelines for game accessibility. Do you think that the majority of companies um, take these into consideration and abide by these? Or do you think that the majority of companies ignore them? I think now they do. I think if you asked me that three years ago, <laughs> I would have said, no, nah, they don't give a fuck. I, I think they do it to a degree. Like, obviously, most games have, um, like we talked about for the colorblind settings is like the mm -hmm. easiest way to say they have accessibility settings, yeah. but they're still missing so many things because like mm -hmm. 
like we talked about, Zach went into detail. I only referenced it, but like Sony has basically dev tools that are like, Hey, you want to make this game playable for you? Go ahead. And like, I don't think a lot of places really go and put no. in effort. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else. Uh, Jason, you nailed it on the hammer. So uh, most, most companies will, and Zach, you were pretty close. You were close to Thank you. most companies will pick and choose what they pull from this. And it is most likely the easier ones to do like color blindness, like text size. These are not hard. Like as someone with a somewhat of a background in computer science, like this is not hard to do. Uh, it's the other things that change the way that the game's played is hard to do. It's not hard to change colors of things. It's not hard to change the size of text, but, um, okay. So next question. Okay. Um, all right. So Nintendo actually does have some sort of accessibility advice. Now, how do you how easy do you think it is to purchase this, this device on a scale of one to five? Five being five being the hardest, the hardest. To, to get a, a six, probably. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. That's <laughs> exactly my point. Like, I didn't until 20 minutes ago. <laughs> um, Nintendo has the hands free controller. It's probably like $500. Um, it right, let me see this. <laughs> only sold through the customer service line and for an incredibly high price. It does not cite the price, but I think Jason is getting that for us. Oh my I, gosh. It's, it's wild. Some We're three people that are incredibly tapped into video games. Oh yeah. And we I didn't know about, I just learned about I this. I just learned about this I don't know now. what it was for. This article is, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jason's laughing. That means lay, it lay, must be. Lay on the numbers. <laughs> How many well, digits? How uh, many digits are there? People are reselling this thing for $379.99. Okay. Apparently. So we know that uh, it was it's... less than that to, for originally. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hopefully. sure it wasn't that much less. Like, what, can knowing... you, I'm gonna I need to look it up because I'm because it was to... from 1985 to 1990. So it was for the era of the Super Nin or the oh. Nintendo going oh. into the Super oh. Nintendo. So you're telling me they did this in the 80s and then never did it again? I was gonna say, yeah. and now <laughs> at a time where it's way easier to make shit. Oh my god, freaking okay. Nintendo. I'm seeing I what a good idea from yeah, Nintendo. I'm around, I'm so long. So long ago. Yeah, Zach has to get up to look at this. Don't get me wrong. It looks really cool. And it seems like it's very accessible and designed for people that have the cognitive ability to use the limitations of their body to function with it. Yeah. But I don't see the accessibility outside of that if someone is like leaning more to one side of the spectrum or the other in regards to like their gross motor functional skills. Yeah. And, and that's what I was like kind of talking about a little bit too earlier, where it's like some of my kids, like they, they know what's up. They know how to play the game. It's just, there's just a lag between their brain and their hand. And it just, just takes them a sec. And it just, it's sad when they're like, Mr. Zach, I can't play mm -hmm. this game. Cause I like, I have a few guys, kids where I'm like, Hey, try this one out. And sometimes it's really successful. And other times they're like, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. But yeah. Um, can we circle back to what we said at the very beginning of the game? I think Jason, you touched upon this, but I just think this is a very important point. Um, so I think um, accessibility in video games, you said unsurprisingly, I'm just literally reading quote for quote, unsurprisingly, many disabled players found ways to make games playable on their own. This caused a trend where video game accessibility was made the consumer's responsibility instead mm -hmm. of the producer's responsibility. I just want to say that's, they're so, so fat. They're so valid for saying that because that's exactly yeah. what happened. You see, um, I watched a guy beat Dark Souls the other day, completely with his mouth using um, like the tube controller. Yes, where, I've like, seen him. There's mm -hmm. an input to blow. There's like an, there's then a bunch you can, like, of different inputs. Your, you can move your head around and stuff. Yeah, and stuff, yeah. I'm not. I'm sure that that controller is being like manufactured by probably some third party. I I don't know if he made that himself or maybe he did. There's but, probably lots of AAC companies that have like switches yeah. that he wired into like the adaptive controller to function into it. I don't know who this is, but that would be my yeah. 
most valid approach. It's just wild that like it, just what you said earlier, Jason, it's on the consumer, the person who is disabled Mm -hmm. to do the effort and the work just to be able to access it at a fraction of what an able-bodied person would be able to. And I just find that absolutely reprehensible. It's disgusting. And the last thing is that, um, do you think that, uh, hold on, uh, Miyazaki ever considered, so I'm talking about um, Sekiro, which I've never played. I'm, Zach, I think you've tried it. Um, that so when Sekiro, was com- <laughs> when Sekiro was coming out, they actually did have some conversations. Um, but uh, hold on, sorry. Uh, um, so Miyazaki actually said that he was on board with adding difficulty options um, until they received a massive player backlash. So that just kind of <sighs> goes back to these communities that feel like they're kind of entitled to what they earn. But so that's my last point in the article. We can we can. Um, we have we're on our we just got our 10 minute warning everybody <laughs> i uh, i'm not spending money on zoom okay i don't blame you and yeah. i i that's so disappointing that the player base is like that because i understand you want to overcome a sort of challenge but there's nothing wrong with the difficulty slider if you want your game to be at a specific difficulty as like the quote-unquote average setting or normal setting just leave it at that and then leave like an accessibility setting if it's that easy to do like and to be fair sekiro is a game that is designed to follow its systems in place. It essentially is a fighting game at its yeah, core. And it's right. like, you it's have to obey game. the frames and the systems of it. And it's like, if you, I don't know, it feels like it's one that's, that's at odds with the philosophy behind it because it forces you to go in a certain way. And there might be people that can't functionally do that skill. I, I also think a lot of the like backlash comes from, I don't even think it's like, like people who just don't give a shit. I think it's like just people who are misinformed about, just like everything. I, I think a lot of it is the people who just don't have, you know, anyone with disabilities in their life at all, mm-hmm. period. And they don't because I've seen plenty of people who are like, no, like as somebody who has a cousin or a brother or a son who has this, that, the other, like, you know, fuck all you <laughs> like, like show some sympathy. Like, why is it why is it OK for you to, to play this game and not them? Like mm-hmm. they really want to play. it. Why can't he play it? Yeah. I, I do have to say though, I think um, the Sony exclusives have done a pretty good job. Yes. Not not um, mm. not the Dark Souls though. <laughs> Bl- uh, Bloodborne God, excluded. <laughs> yeah, God of <laughs> War, Last God of War, War yep. and Marvel Spider Man are all regarded as widely accessible games. Mm-hmm. Although they still require a degree of fine motor skills. Yeah, um, and it's hard. It, it's kind of hard to balance that line. Um, just a resource out there for anybody who may be disabled and wants to know if they can play a game. There is a website called Can I Play That um, where they do a accessibility review of pretty much every game that's coming. Oh, out. that's awesome. So, I love that. Um, Jason, I think this might be one of our last questions, but how were, um, how transparent do you think companies need to be when launching a game about the accessibility settings? Cause w- when you look at these, the press releases, when you look at game trailer mm-hmm. announcements, like that's not there, I, at least not no. from what I see. So how do you think that there should be more, marketing more stuff that really presents this as an option because i know that there's probably games that do have accessibility settings that people Mm -hmm. end up just not playing because they assume that they cannot uh i think as the path of least resistance because obviously great change doesn't happen you need to do it in small doses i think if a game has an faq have it be one of the primary questions like what are the accessibility options within this and then that'll start branching outward to allow people to have more direct routes into accessibility saying like this game can do this within like the trailer or whatever and like highlight that um obviously i would love for them to put everything in right away but it's like that's not (laughs) yeah that's not not... the most i'm doing the pragmatic aspect unfortunately 
Yeah. But I, I think as someone that works in the industry, you know what I mean? In this mm-hmm. realm is that you kind of do have to make incremental changes and what's going to be the most impactful yeah. and how you can get people on board. Because um, when just going off of what I remember from the conversation where Steven Spahn went on the besties, he says that he works with c- companies all year long. Like this is his full-time job, even though right. he is disabled and it's incredibly hard for him to do this, but he wants to put in the work. And he said that so many developers are just think it's like an afterthought, not a mm-hmm. core part of the experience. And I could not, I could not disagree more because you don't want to change those stuff after you're done. You need to build yeah. it in while you're building it. Yeah. Cause I feel like doing it as an afterthought is going to be even harder. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, because then you have to go around the systems that you already built in. Whereas if you build that in first and then you can build the systems around the accessibility yeah. of it as well. So, Jason, I'm, you I'm any- with you all. Oh, sorry. No, you, you, know, you go. I was going to say, um, just to go into it, like, I think the addition of now Sony having accessibility controller, a lot of that's going to be included. At least they're going to at least think about it in the forefront when designing it, as opposed to in the back. So obviously a Microsoft Studios game or a um, Sony Studios game, they're at least going to consider these things. They have to consider them now because this is a product that they're that they're trying to sell to get people to buy more. Um, so I think they're, as a first party titles, they're probably going to do more and more in, in that integration. Yeah. Outside of that, I do not know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Since we are reaching towards the end, I just wanted to ask you a few, you know, personal questions. Huh? Sure. If people liked your opinions or, you know, what you were talking about today, is there any um, content that you create on the internet that people might, even if it's not disability related, obviously, mm-hmm. is there anything that you'd like to plug? This is the plug corner real quick. Oh, okay. Um, I stream occasionally on coffee and creatine. That's my Twitch. That'll well, be linked I... in the episode description. I am an absolute shit poster on Instagram oh. and, and uh, Twitter. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. I got to follow you on Twitter. I was going to say, I, 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 I'll no, put it, I got to get you on Twitter. Is it coffee and creatine on everything? I think so. My okay. my Instagram is something else. Um, I think it's miles per hour, but it's spelled weird. Um, but yeah, like th- those are where I'm at. And that's where I like to play. And I start, I try to keep a friendly space and an open mind to a lot of things. And like, I think the same way that you harbored your environment to be like, it's PG-13. So it's like very open to have like younger audiences in. I think that's what it really takes is having those younger audiences in for uh-huh. me and like really cater that also yeah. absolutely. If you like fighting games, check out Broly legs. He streams on Twitch and he'll play. Um, All right. Fantastic one to watch. It's incredible. Um, I'm going to plug a very good Fortnite player um, that I've, when I was really into Fortnite, I would um, raid into this guy, uh, deadly PG on Twitch. Um, he is a disabled Fortnite player, but he's uh, enters in tournaments. Like he's, I mean, insane at the game. Um, so I'm just going to plug that. And uh, is there anything that you're playing or watching right now that you think everybody out there should also you guys ever hear a game called Dragon's Dogma? Oh, <laughs> I have. Yeah, I actually I played that back in the day. I haven't Hell I yeah. haven't touched it in a while. Dude, I put it in the Discord, but I worked at a GameStop for like seven, eight years. I always saw this thing on the shelf, and I'm just playing it now. And I'm like, this game is incredible. It yeah, is it's so weird. It was it was um, ahead of its time. Oh, for I, sure. Like if I played that game when it released, I would be like, what the hell is going on here? Like I don't like I don't think I like this. Uh, I'm replaying so Fallout cool. Three. That's what I'm Ooh. doing. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing a Tale of Two Wastelands though? Uh, no, because mm. oh yes, 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 okay. yes. Um, I found out that when you download the Fallout games from Game Pass, um, they don't give you the DLC. Oh, which sucks. <gasps> the I, I thought. Listen, I know. 
I know. They're like I, and 14 I'm the, years old. I'm the biggest Game Pass shill ever, so I, I, I don't want to disparage the service, but it, it was frustrating because I know that once no, I No, disparage it. it. I want to do a- Operation Anchorage. Um, all right. I think that's it. Thank you so much for being on, and we appreciate it. Episode drops on Wednesday. Dude, thanks for having me. It was fun being here. Absolutely. Hello and welcome back. We hope you enjoyed that discussion about accessibility in video games and you can totally not tell that we filmed this before that discussion took place. (laughs) We are going to be doing our Pixel Pal show and tell. And Zach, what is something that you're watching or that you're excited to watch or play? This could Um, be any game. Okay, so uh, nothing really gaming wise. It's coming up in the next couple months. Um, Like, I mean, I'm really excited for Jedi Survivor. That's coming in March. Yeah. Yeah. that's like the next big game on my radar. But right now, I have been watching uh, the new Star Wars show, The Bad Batch Season 2, just came out last week. Um, so the first two episodes just came out, and it's more Bad Batch, uh, if, for better or for worse. I mean, it, they were fun. They're, they're, yeah, they're a good group of guys. Yeah, they know? are. Yeah, They have fun. They're yeah. whimsical. Yeah, they have yeah, fun. They're serious. whimsical. I can tell that this is going to be more of a serious season. I think last season was also pretty like serious. They tackled some pretty intense topics. But even now, they're like, hey... Vampire fucking sucks, and we're capable of doing something about it. We should do something about it, and yeah. there are people kind of telling them no. So I, I, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I'm also really excited because there's this little indie game known as The Last of Us. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Man, that joke never gets old, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah. So The Last of Us um, TV adaptation is coming to HBO this coming Sunday from us. Um, I'm def- definitely doxing our date that we're recording, but this coming yeah. Sunday. Um, the Last of Us TV show will be coming out, and I am super duper stoked. Um, so we'll probably talk a lot about that we the following will. Monday because we'll be recording. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for some Last of Us discourse because me and Zach are both going to watch it, and I promise yes. I won't quit after two episodes. Good, uh, unless it's really bad. Um, I'm watching this little show called Andor. Just came out. No one's actually heard of it. Oh wait, um, what, what universe is this taking? Like my in? detest for the Star Wars universe. I don't hate <laughs> it. I just hate the fandom. If I'm going to be honest, that means I don't Ouch. hate you, Zach. Okay, yeah. you don't represent. I was going to say, fandom. I feel like I'm one of the good fans. Yeah, I um, I detest like diving into these IPs because I I like when I watch a show. I like to you know participate in the online discourse. Like I did that with White Lotus on Twitter. But I'm I'm really liking Andor. I think it's really solid. If I can get through the first three episodes, which everyone says are the worst, and I'm having a good time, then I feel like it only goes up from here. And it's so funny, like calling them the worst because no, they're not and, bad. And, and that's the thing. Like it's not even to say that they're bad. They're just the three weakest of a fucking fantastic well, show. You can just tell that they're building up to something big. Mm-hmm. And that was the same way I felt about Rings of Power, except it just they just Rings kept building of, yeah. up. They just kept building up. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there needs to be a climax. Well, yeah, at least like with Andor, it's like every like few episodes, it's like, oh, wow, big thing. Yeah. And then and then, oh, they, wow. and then they, oh, wow. they climb to the next thing. And oh, wow, big thing. Uh, whereas yeah. Rings of Power did not do that. And um, I'm uh, reaching towards the end in Gilmore Girls. I think we have like <gasps> one more season. Oh. I Now I finally understand why everyone says that they hate Rory and that Rory sucks. Yeah, Rory sucks. Sucks. Yeah, I didn't get to that part yet. So <laughs> where 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 are we in the Rory uh, so Rory right is now? dropped out of college oh, to live me. with her grandparents Ugh. and is a member of the D uh, D A R. Yep, Daughters of the American uh, Revolution, which is just it's like a cult. yeah, it's, it's a just cult. I don't know. And she's like doing this whole housewife thing with Logan, and Logan's not feeling it. And I'm not feeling it. None of yeah, us are no. feeling it. It's just so funny because. They're this so is, stubborn. This is the part of the show where I really started to come around on Logan and being like, oh, no, like, Logan, 
he, yeah. he's a good fit for Rory because before I was really like really Rory this yeah. guy this this and freaking you're like, I'm agreeing with this guy <laughs> Logan's yeah. telling you to do the right yeah, thing yeah that's when that's when like you know like okay Rory you gotta you gotta get, get your it. shit but together I will say you know we've all I feel like we've all kind of gone through that in our lives at one point or another where we're just like we're just gonna make some really big dumb mistake and you just all gotta ride with and you wait for it. someone to make me change that and yeah, the problem much. is is that Lorelai and Rory are so stubborn that they're never gonna and they're they're not talking to no, each yeah, other like yep, this, yep, yep. that's the whole arc which um, the, the whole reason why I like the show is because it's like super fun and wholesome and yeah, then I realized the two I, of them. eventually that there was gonna be some sort of major conflict I just think I, I don't think I'd be this sad about it. yeah. it's so sad it is very sad Um, it's so funny because Nicole, my fiance, love you, babe. She's definitely not listening. Um, she, this is her comfort show, so she's watched it about a hundred times since we've been together. And uh, she, we are in this part of the show right now yeah. as well. So that's Honestly, why I'm really like, oh man. I this know. is like when you rewatch The Office and you skip like mm -hmm. the Robert California episodes oh, if you man, don't like yeah. those. I, 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 I like do the Robert personally. California episode, But there's yeah. always those episodes that you skip because it's like, this isn't otherwise very wholesome and uplifting show in yeah. this particular episode is very sad there's right. a lot of episodes of the off like i won't watch any of the jim and pam like philadelphia episodes oh because no, those are so hard they're so sad they and like so they make me so through. mad that i'm just like i'm uh, not watching this to get invested it's like too i'm watching real this too. for like a laugh and that's the thing like the problem is it's like oh this is like way too real life right yeah. now <laughs> and i get why they did it like when the show yeah. was airing like it's definitely like driving engagement it's just like i'm watching this to not feel sad and mm -hmm. i and so i can't sad. be sad yep uh, I think that's it for us today. Yes, sir. Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to share it on the Twitterverse. Follow us at Pixel Pals Pod. Email us at pixelpalspodcasting at, at gmail.com. Gmail. And yeah, we're going to have uh, new episodes every week. And we mean that. The it's holidays were rough. The okay? holidays were like, rough. Xander Dude and I are um, a, in a part of this big production that my church puts on um, every year. And this is the first year that, that we're back after the pandemic. So it's just, we've been very busy with our rehearsals and getting everything ready. Yeah. So it's been been busy we will be back to our usual schedule after this weekend yeah and everybody that keeps asking me when i stream when is the next podcast episode coming out i'm finally ready to say it comes every wednesday baby yes sir i'm so sick of answering that question i love all of you but it was it's just like i don't know like it's we get like, it guys you suck <laughs> zach sick this week i'm sick next week you know it is tough and yep. we do have a studio so we do it at my house so yep. all right have a good one drink your water Bye, Pixel. Pixel Pals out. Pixel Pals oh out. Oh my god.